The strange, not the weird, the voice of death. March 6, 1945. Thunder. The strange, not the weird. Door opening, not the weird. Good evening. Come in, won't you? Door closing, not a weird. Why, what's the matter? You seem a bit nervous. Perhaps there's everything outside this house has upset you. But there are things far worse than cemeteries. For instance, a woman with murder in her heart, as my story tonight, as in my story tonight, a story I call the Voice of Death. Thunder, that be my story. The Voice of Death begins in the snow-covered wilderness of Canada, a high narrow canyon. A man and woman with skis sits resting the trunk of a fallen tree, catching their breath. Journal, branching. I can't help but worry. I am not uh, that uh, Uncle John didn't leave you anything in his will. Blanche, oh, there's nothing to be sorry about, still. Oh, at all. He's only your Uncle John's second cousin. I'm only your Uncle John's second cousin. Journal, I wish that Jane Dan had taken it as well. They certainly were not down cast off of reading the will this morning. Blanche, well, naturally. Your uncle's aunt, niece, and nephew, too. They hope to share the estate with you. You can't blame them for being disappointed. You're old. No, I suppose not. Blanche, we'd be better be starting back to the lodge. I can only see you a bit, I can see you a bit easy of being in this academy. You're old. Old. Well, isn't it a bit dangerous being here? Look at the snow it's piled up. Above high, above us, each side of the canyon, there is a snow slide. We'd be buried alive. Blanche, it isn't that dangerous, of course. A loud noise of someone shouting might start a slide. Come along. Cross country skis through snow. Journal, there is some sort of scientific explanation for that, isn't there? Blanche, huh? Journal, I mean vibrations sent out by the voice. Blanche, yes, that's right. Evan stood outside the mouth of the canyon and then started snow slides. We nearly by shouting, George, no slides must be quite a sight. Hundreds of the snow roaring, crashing down. Blanche, well, you can breathe easily. Now we're out of danger. Oh dear. George, lost anything? Something? Blanche, yes, my camera. I think I left it in the back of the trunk, the tree we were sitting on. Oh, Gerald. Would you mind getting it for me? Gerald, no, of course not, Blanche. Skis in snow, Gerald shouted. You say it's in the trunk of the tree? Blanche shouted, yes, yes, that's right. Do you see it, Gerald? Gerald shouted, no, Blanche, I don't. Blanche, perhaps it fell in the snow. Look around. Gerald shouted, I was looking, but I don't see any sign of it. Low rumbling, which gets louder. Gerald, Blanche, the snow. Blanche, Gerald, run this way. Rumbling stops, Blanche. Too bad, Gerald. That's what happens to people who stand between me and a billion dollars. Wind and skis, Jane. Oh, Blanche, so terrible, Gerald, hurried. And all, buried all under that snow. Perhaps we should have stayed in the canyon until they found the body. Blanche, nonsense, Jane. There's nothing we could have done there. Jane, Dan and I will share Uncle John's estate now. I'd gladly give up my share if we could bring Joe back alive. 
Blanche, I know you like a good dear. We cross the river here, Jane. Jane, but the ice looks so thin. Blanche, we don't we didn't cross here away to the canyon, did we? Blanche, oh dear. No dear, this is a shortcut. Jane, oh Blanche, it looks too dangerous. Blanche will support us. I'll tell I'll tell you what. I'll cross first. Jane, oh Blanche, I wish you wouldn't. The ice is going to break any minute. Blanche nonsense. See him, why do you wait our way across? Jane, but I can see cracks in the ice under your feet. But I said, oh, so you can. The ice is still strong enough to support me. See, I made it. See, I made it. Now, Jane, it's your turn. Jane, Blanche, I'm frightened. Blanche, darling, there's nothing to be afraid of. Now, come along. Jane, well, all right. Blanche, you better take your skis off. I think you'll find it easier to walk across than to ski over the ice. We do not, we're not as good a skier as I am, you'll know. Jane, oh, very well, Blanche, if you say so. Taking off skis, Blanche, hurry, dear, if you would soon be dark. Jane, I've got them off now. Here I come. Blanche, that's it. I told you ice would hold you. Jane, Blanche, the ice feels as though it would give way under me at any second. Blanche, it felt the same way when I crossed it. But as you can see, I managed. Cracking sound. Jane, Blanche, oh, the ice is breaking, help. Cracking and then smashing. Jane, coughing, splutting, Blanche. I can swim, Blanche. But don't let me die. Cough, splutters, Blanche. Oh, poor Jane. She should have known better to take off her skis before crossing the ice. Well, now, that leaves only Dan. Will Blanche succeed in getting rid of Dan? Will she get Uncle John's estate? Will Dr. Weir be back to tell us the rest of his chilling tale? Said Will, yes, yes, I'll be back. But all the questions are going to be asked. And now to continue my story, The Voice of Death. It is the day following the tragic deaths of John Old and Jane. The living room and luxurious lodge of the late John Drake. Ed Blanche, Dan, Sidney Lamb. Authority, turning to the estate. There's a strange look in Mr. Rand's eyes as he speaks to Blanche. Mr. Rand, all I can say is very odd, Blanche. Unless you go skiing with Gerald, but he dies under a snowslide. Then a few hours later, while you're alone with your old Jane, drowns crossing the river. But I don't like your attitude. You act as though I caused their deaths, I am. Blanche is right, Mr. Reed. Ran, you don't you have any right to say that. The village coroner said their deaths was a, were accidental. Mr. Rand, I know, that the village coroner said. It doesn't seem mean I have to grieve. Clock striking five times. Then now, look, it's five o'clock now. You don't start with the village station. Right now, you miss your train. Mr. Rand, then you won't you change your mind and come to me. And now I told you, my friend, up here for over another week. I need the rest. Mr. Rand, I just hope you don't find permanent rest up here. And what do you mean by that? Mr. Rand, just this. If anything were to happen to you, Blanche would be the fair heir to anything. Think it over. Door opens and then closes. Blanche, oh, Jane, you didn't believe it. I had anything to do there. Death to you, then of course not, Blanche. Absurd to think of. You vote anyway. Four days passed, in which steadily falling snow kept 
stand and Blanche cooped up in the lodge. With each day that passed, Blanche seemed increasingly nervous and jumpy for no reason that were apparent to Dan. Then the fifth day dawned bright and clear. Dan suggested a long ski run, and Blanche eagerly agreed. After t- skiing a few minutes, she called out, Blanche, Dan, Dan, we aren't going through the current canyon, are we? Dan, why? Of course we are. Blanche, Dan, let's get round, let's go round it this time. Dan, there's three miles further on. What's wrong with you going through the canyon? Oh, it's because there was that's where Gerald died. Terence, yes, I can't do it, Dan. Dan, look, I hope you're not brooding about Gerald's death. You must go on, Blanche. I'm not brooding, but Dan, you heard a voice calling outside the house. But Dan heard a voice calling outside the house. Past several lights. Dan, a voice? Blanche, yes, I woke up several times thinking I heard Gerald's voice calling out to the storm. Damn, my Blanche, you heard the wind call down in. Oh, that's all, Carl, come on, will you? We have to get through the canyon. It's the only way to calm your nerves. Dan, that girl, now only, that's a girl. Only a half, another couple of hundred more yards. Be a most, be out the canyon. Blanche, let's hurry on, Dan. This is where it happened. Dan, come on, come along then. Want to hurry? Gerald. Ghostly distant Blanche, 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 it's Gerald, it's Gerald's voice. Gerald, ghostly distant Blanche, Blanche, is this where you killed us? Me? Blanche, no, no, Dan. Blanche, why have you stopped? Come on. Gerald, ghostly distant. I heard dead Blanche, you killed me. Blanche, I don't hear anything. I don't, it's just my imagination, Dan. Blanche, come on. Gerald, ghostly distant. I never leave you until you tell the truth. Blanche, I know. Gerald, ghostly distant. Confess, confess. Blanche, yes, I murdered you. I caused you a slow slide. I shouted and caused it. I did it because the fortune of mine. Mine, I was cheated out of it. Now be quiet. Don't talk to me anymore. Shouting louder. Don't talk to me. SVX, rumbling. Dan, Blanche, look out. No, it's sliding. Slumbling snow. Rumbling grows louder. Blanche. What? No, help me. Stumbling very loud. Blanche, good God, help me. Loud scream. Dr. Weird, a moment later, as Dan subsided, stunned at the spot, a Blanche had vanished under the tongue of the snow, which ran the lawyer was skiing up to him, around the old cropping of the rock. It ran, Dan, you fool. You were so close to that snow side. You almost killed yourself, man. Mr. Rand, she's dead. You ran under all that snow, Miss Rand. Yes, I know. Now you heard her confess. First, didn't you? <coughs> Damn. Yes, when I agreed to follow the instructions you left for me, Melbourne said, never dreamt it would end up like this. Telling myself she was innocent. Miss Rand, yes, but she wasn't. <coughs> I knew she won't, couldn't be. That's why I made them think I was clearing out. Instead, I went down to the gamekeepers. Because we were late. That's where I've been the last few days. <clears throat> Damn. I guess that after I got your first notes asking me to not show any surprise, no matter what happened. There's this Rand voice that Blanche heard in tonight. The voice just now. Could have sworn it was Gerald's voice. <coughs> 
Mr. Man, I counted on that. I knew Gerald well, and voice imitations are sort of a vile trick of mine. My scheme was a wild one, Dan. But it was one only possibility of getting professions off Earth. Those murders we committed were perfect. I had two perfect murders, and she was so beautiful. They ran my bones. Her own scream brought her down and so was life which killed her. I don't think all ju- judging uh, all judge in the world could have found any more fitting punishment than one of our conscious unconscious riders. Thought we were too bad about poor Blanche, wasn't it? Looks like the man said the female of the species is more deadlier. Look, looks like the man who said the female of the species is more deadlier than the male. You, what are you talking about? And wait, if you were an heir, and you know something stands again by your death. I'm very careful to stay away from. Oh, you have to go now? Perhaps you drop in on me again now soon. Look for the house for the other side of the cemetery. House of Dr. Weird. Story number two. A strange Dr. Weird, Journey into the Unknown, November 21st, 1944. Organ Funfair, Sound, Thunder. A strange Dr. Weird, Organ Accent, Door opens, Dr. Weird. Good evening, come in, won't you? Door shuts, bolt thrown. Hearing organ behind, Dr. Weird. You seem a bit nervous, perhaps I could calm you a little if they were to read. To you from the secret journal, Professor Drake. It's a fascinating tale, I call it. Organ string. Then out. Dr. Weird. Journey into the unknown. Organ to conclusion. Crash of thunder, eerie groan. Behind. Dr. Weird. There are some extraordinarily interesting entries into Professor Drake's journal. Particularly more those beginning with a military maid. October 1st. It reads, today my son Paul, they reached the final stage of preparation, this serum number 17, after two years of tensive work, and 17 failures, 16 failures he believes that he has last succeeded. Organ string, father, but you must, but just think of it Paul, before you took the serum, you could only lift 200 pounds, now you lift 400, while your strength has been doubled, Paul, yes. With the added strength of my serum will give me him, man will be able to resist diseases. It's come to now. Lifespan will be lengthened by twenty or thirty years, perhaps even. Doorbell ringing. Father, I answer it, Paul. Sound of door opening. Father, oh, it's you, Julian. Julian, yes, I wanted to see Paul. Sound of door closing. Father, well, you can't, Julian. He's right in the middle of the experiment. But I haven't seen or heard of him. From him in two weeks, after all, I am his fiance. Father, but Julia, he can't be disturbed. He's in. Door opens. Julia, oh, darling, hello, darling. Paul, why, Julia? They kiss. Good to do the grass. Oh, Paul, why are you? You squeeze me so tightly, Paul. I'm sorry, dear. I'm afraid. I don't know my own strength. Julia, laughing. Oh, that's all right, Paul. What kind of experiment is you're working on? Paul, oh, darling, I can't do anything yet. Not even to you. But when my work is done, you will be the first one to hear about it. Music, accent, they're weary in the background. 
Could have been here's the own tree for October 17. Theorem number 17 is effective. Beyond Paul's wildest hopes, Augustine, father happily. Just think of it, Paul. Today you were able to lick, pick up 600 pounds of ease. Paul vaguely, yes. Oh, yeah, why are you starting staring, staring at yourself in the mirror, sir? Paul's troubled. Father, do you not notice any change in the shape of my head? Father, why no, Paul? I certainly noticed a change in there. There was one. Paul, yes, of course. It must be my imagination. With his sentiment, eerie in the background. But we don't know October 18th. He woke this morning. I entered the laboratory. Found Paul fast asleep at his desk. I woke him. Augustine, father. Paul, wake up. Paul, wake him, huh? Father, you should have gone to bed when I got Paul. No, it cannot be. Paul, what is it? Father, what's wrong? Father. A whisper. A face. Paul, my face? Suddenly. Quick, hand me the mirror. Father, oh, yes, here. Paul, no, no, voice trembling. I was right, look at me, father. My face has become broad, and features flattened, cheekbones prominent. Notice how thick the hair on my body has become. I reverted to the Nephilim man. Well, the Nephilim man, but Paul, he existed 50,000 years ago. Paul, yes, I know. At a swift pace of going backwards, may have only been weak a few days before I revert to an ape completely. Father, Paul, what are you going to do? Paul, there's not only one way I can save myself. I just find a neutralizer that will stop the children from changing me to an ape. For it's too late. Raise up sharp, dramatic, and down, down the wind. Behind. So just weird. In his entry for the October 10th, he wrote, Paul had been working 48 hours without rest, and so far had been successful in finding a neutralizer. It's morning when I entered the laboratory, and I see he was looking more and more like an ape every day. Augustine, Paul. Father, Paul, you just can't go on this way. You've got to get some rest. Paul, I can't rest every minute is precious. Because I've lost four hours last night. Why have I lost you? Lost four hours? I don't understand. Paul, while well, I was working here last night, I glanced the clock to find it was just three o'clock. The next thing I remember, it was finding myself in the hall. The clock was just striking seven. I can't remember those hours. Where was I? What was I doing? Those four hours. Lost my bed, you think, from a man. And my end became that of an ape. During those four hours, I actually was an ape. Moves it up sharp and dramatic in an hour. Dr. Weird, the entry of an October 11th in Professor Drake's journal reads as follows. Change of Paul's appearance continues. His body is now completely covered by heavy growth of hair. His skin is rapidly turning to deep brown, coming coarse in colour. His arms have lengthened almost five inches and walks more and more in a stooped manner with hands almost touching the floor. As yet no change of voice has been noted. Sharp and dramatic music and back down bow behind the weird. On October 12th, he wrote, 
I was like, Paul suddenly dropped the test tube and snarled at me. In that moment, he was completely an ape. Music washing up, then down in behind. Dr. Weird, the end 5th of October the 13th, reads, Last night, I came to the laboratory. I found the window open, Paul gone. Major rushed out into the night to find him. A few blocks away, another university campus. Saw a police gathered around the body of a girl. Just been murdered. Every bone in her body had been crushed. A few hours later, Paul returned to his house. He could recall nothing about the curve. Or where he had been. They prevent to prevent an incident from occurring, saying out of steel bars placed over front bedroom windows. Ogden Sting, and the doorbell door open. Do you that? Oh, it's you, Judy. You know, good evening. Good evening, Dr. Drake. So they told me I want to see Paul. Found the door closing. Father, now I'm sorry, Julie, but Paul can't be disturbed in sleep in his room, Julie. Angrily. You've been putting me off for days, but this time I'm going to see him. Father, fade, frantic. Julie, come back. You can't see him now. Found a bedroom door open. Julie to herself. A light switch. Oh, here it is. Light switch. Father, Julie. Julie shouldn't have startled grasp. Julie puzzled. Why? He isn't here. His room is empty. Father, days. He isn't here. Julie, why are those bars put over Paul's window? Father, it's all part of the experiment, Julia. Julia, why is his window over here? Is though someone bent the bars apart to escape, but no man could bent bars as strong as those. The ape, the ape. Father, fearfully, what ape, Julia? Julia, the ape, the one that the police believe crushed the poor girl to death last night. Father, oh, now really, Julia. You think that for a moment that, Julian, while you chose an ape for experiment, his room is his, was his cave and now he's escaped. Father Julian, you're wrong, I'm sure you. Julian alarmed Paul, out looking for that ape, isn't he? And the ape is the killer. Father, please, Julian. Julian, I'm going to get the police. Well, it was sharp, sharp and dramatic, then down, fast, or loose, or radio answer, filter. And the latest Now a special message from police department headquarters. Twenty minutes ago, an unbridled girl found but crushed to death. Means she's killed by the ape that murdered Bradley Ryan. Late last night, all residents are warned to get off the streets. Sound of radio been turned off. Paul played in father. Heard what the announcer said. I killed that girl tonight, didn't I? And that one last night too. Horrified, I'm a murderer. Father, frantic, Paul, listen to me. Police are looking everywhere for you. He haven't a moment to lose. The neutralizer working on last night. It should be ready by now, shouldn't it? Paul, putting himself together. Yes, and this is the time of certainly at work. Father, you must take an injection before it's too late. You revert forever to an ape. Down a panic on the door. Chief, muffled. God, open it up in there. It's the police. Paul, quick, Father, neutralizer. Father, it's too late. And our father, I still have to, f- I have to feel the hypodermic. Paul, before I can give you an injection. Chief Muffled, all right. All right, you men, break down the door. So the door being smashed. Paul, hurry, father, hurry. Father, I am. A door opening with a crash. Paul, terrified. It's too late. Chief, fit in. The ape, where is, there he goes, men. Out of window. 
crash of glass as Paul comes goes through the window. Father, Paul, Paul, come back. Chief Mike flashed a warning to each patrol car and shoot Tommy guns to all the men. They ordered all shoot the kill. Visit bridge patrol. Paul, Al breaks off behind. Chief, all right, men, spread out. We've got an eight coddle now. Father, please, Chief, you've got to listen to me. If only to let me inject this mobilizer into him, then there won't, there won't be any need for that. Jolly tense. Oh, don't listen to him, Chief. The ape is a killer, Chief. Yeah, you've got to put an end to that ape once and for all. Father, no, no, I can't. You don't understand it is an ape. It's my son, Professor Drank. Chief sneers. Your son? I know an ape might see one. Father, yes, I know. It's my son who changed an ape. The neutralizer will bring him back to normal. Chief, you must be crazy, Toad's Cop. Okay, Mike, then a minute. Father, no, 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 I won't let you. I'm coming. Well, I'm coming. Faith, players, fade. The Jake, come back, come back, come back. Do you hear me? Hold your fire, Mike. Paul will fade into the snarling of eight close. Father, fade in. Here I am, Paul. Paul, it's father. I have a neutralizer. Chief, off, come away from that ape, Mr. Drink. Paul slamming on Mike. Father, Paul, I have the injection. Here, give me your arm. Paul slamming up. Father, Paul, no, no, don't. Blood pulling screams, he's crushed to death. Julie, off hysterical. Oh, he's killed him, Chief, all right. Mike, you dropped the old man's body now. Let him have it, let him have it. Machine gun fire bursting away. Paul snarls like an ape man who's hit, inverts the human and moans all my chest. Dying father, where am I? What happens? Groans and dies. To music to finish it in the background. Bit too weird. It's a great pity about the poor Professor Drake, wasn't it? So young. What was I going to do with his journal? I thought you might carry his experiment on his on experiments. Would need someone to assist me as a sort of human guinea pig. Perhaps you would like to volunteer. Oh, you have to go. Too bad. Perhaps you and I'll drop in on me if I go again soon. I'm always home. Just look for the house on the other side of the cemetery. House of Dr. Weird. 